This is episode 28 of The Modern Recordist, the podcast where we talk about designing and living your life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we sit down with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to learn exactly what we have to do and who we have to be to create meaning and live out our artistic visions. I'm your host, John Stinson, a Nashville-based producer and recording engineer, collector of experiences, lifelong learner, lifelong teacher, and artistic visionary in my own right, and I welcome you to episode 28 of The Modern Recordist and another edition of the 15-Minute Mixdown. These are the shorter 15-minute episodes where I run solo here in the studio for a short bit. I'm doing this show by myself today, and I'm laying out some thoughts and ideas that I want to share with you that I think will provide some clarity and productivity to the often chaotic, unstructured, and difficult-to-manage creative work that we do. As people who make their living from doing artistic work, it's often really hard to keep a clear mind and therefore keep a clear and productive workflow on a day-to-day basis. You know, we all got into artistic work because it's really fun, but once you really begin dedicating your life to a career in making art, particularly writing and or producing music, as it relates to us here on this podcast, it seems there's a unique set of challenges that arise. Listening to music is something we all do for fun in our free time, but suddenly now we're dedicating our whole life to creating music and the lines start to get blurred between work and play. You know, uh, are you going to this show to network? Or are you going to make money? Or are you going to simply enjoy yourself? And in the past, I've dealt with quite a bit of a scatterbrained state of mind and even a really dark and crazy period of burnout in my life. And all this stuff can be particularly intense if you're either just starting out or you're in a period of growth. When just starting out in a life of making music and devoting yourself to really making a living from it, this is a time when you can really experience quite a bit of scatterbrained state of mind and you oftentimes are either going to school full-time or you're holding down a full-time job and then you're spending all your free time making music in an effort to ultimately pivot into that as your primary way of making a living. So it used to be that you would sit around and play your guitar strictly for fun, but now that recreation time is just a little bit blurry. And when you're in a period of growth where you're working really hard to propel your work to a larger sphere of exposure and influence, it's really easy to become burned out in many ways, it's, it's like you're starting all over again. You know, you may have mastered the fundamentals of structuring professionalism and profit around what you do, but now the game has changed and requires a different approach. And it requires you to start from a new beginning of sorts, learning a massive amount of new things that will get you to the next place on your journey. This is quite frankly where I am now, and as I mentioned, I've suffered from pretty intense burnout in the past, so I have to be careful I don't overdo it all like I'm known to do and put myself back in an unhealthy pattern. And 
if you're currently in a similar place in your career, be really careful here. You know, stay present and make sure you keep yourself aware and in tune with any warning signs around this. Just keep yourself healthy because we need you to keep making music. And in fact, it's very crucial that you keep yourself healthy now because at this point in your career, you're transitioning into a really special and sacred place with a massive opportunity for creating huge impact with your artistic vision. So make sure you pay attention to any signs of burnout and take that really seriously. You know, learning how to strike a balance is key and that's why I feel it's so important to do these 15-minute mixdowns every other week. At the outset, my vision for these 15-minute mixdown episodes were that they would be focused on a particular recording or mixing or production techniques which I do plan to do more of in the future, but here lately I've really been vibing on all this mindset stuff, which I think is an important aspect of clearing out psychological drag and opening up our minds to infinite creative potential because if we're not tuned in in our minds and spirit, how can we truly live out our artistic visions and create art that makes an impact in the world? We need to set ourselves up to win by getting internally aligned and liberated psychologically so that we can be liberated artistically, creating works of art that significantly impact people in profound ways. So that's why I've been going on this journey of mindset and motivation for the last matter of weeks here. And, uh, you know, I like to think of myself as a bit of a spiritual warrior and somewhat of a mini pseudo philosopher. And from what I understand, you all have been really getting in, getting something out of these episodes. And, uh, you know, I've gotten quite a bit of positive feedback from, um, from a lot of you on how much you appreciate and enjoy listening to the 15 minute mix down, you know, quite frankly, I'm really learning a lot about myself and actually coming up with a plan and process for personal and professional growth by doing these 15 minute mix downs. Um, it's been as much of a learning process for me as it is for anyone else, you know, I don't have all the answers, but this is just my own process for my own breakthrough. So let's go ahead and dig into what this episode is actually about, which is the idea that you should leave room for the conversation in the music that you create. It's not necessary to get the answer 100% right, or in other words, have an idea that is totally complete without any holes, an idea that no one can point out any potential room for improvement. In fact, in reality, this is impossible, and I'd even go so far as to argue that needing to have it completely and totally right is something you should let go of, freeing yourself from that psychological drag that that kind of mindset can put fill your head with, you know? Because once you free yourself from this need to have it impossibly perfect, you're actually closer to perfection. Leaving things incomplete on purpose allows for a sort of co-creation with your audience. Like, what if you didn't include everything and the kitchen sink in your arrangements or in, in recordings? For example, a guitar part or a background vocal 
Or what if you didn't necessarily play a particular melody or you left off a percussion part? What if you did this on purpose with the intention to leave something for your audience to come up with? What if when writing your story, you left out part of the narrative, opening it up for interpretation? The ending of the TV series, The Sopranos, comes to mind. You know, I'm not suggesting to just stop short with an incomplete work, like just bland power chords and guitar parts with no other textures on top that would add depth, or only recording drums and vocals with no other instrumentation. You know, those ideas might actually be something interesting and worth exploring and experimenting with, but I'm not suggesting that's how you write music from here on out. I guess what, I, what I'm suggesting is using what photographers would call negative space to make an artistic statement or at least be aware of it and pay attention to that aspect of creation. This is something, you know, I think that filmmakers and novelists do all the time in their storylines, leaving a significant portion of the story up for audience interpretation. It's what I've heard these types of writers refer to as open loops or Particularly, J.J. Abrams referred to it in a TED Talk he did a few years back as the mystery box. Mystery is the catalyst for imagination, Abrams said in, in the talk. He pulls out a box he bought from a magic shop as a kid, Tannen's Mystery Magic Box. It was a box that advertised that it contained $50 worth of magic tricks, yet only cost $15. This box ended up sitting on a shelf as sort of a decorative piece in Abram's office, unopened for decades, and he ultimately came to realize that mystery boxes are everywhere in the work he does. He says of the box, The thing is, it represents infinite possibility. It represents hope. It represents potential. The notion of the mystery box has always resonated with me since the first time I ever saw J.J. Abrams' TED Talk. And uh, I'll include a link to the talk in the blog post about this episode if you want to watch it, which I highly recommend that you do. So it's particularly the way that Abrams talks about the mystery box in terms of representing infinite possibility that I think is what is most relevant to our record-making process. It's our version of Open Loops, I think. One of the first records I ever fully produced on my own was an EP for a good friend, Wes Spate, titled Please EP. And man, we had a ton of fun out at my old barn studio that I moved out of a couple of years ago. We hired a couple of musician friends that played drums and bass on the project while Wes played rhythm guitar and sang. Then I overdubbed some extra guitar parts on a few songs. Wes sang some background vocals. We put some percussion on things. If I remember, I think I even jumped in on some gang vocals, which is one of my favorite things to record in the studio. The point is, we spent a lot of time coming up with and working out a whole bunch of parts to embellish the original songs Wes had written. And my aim from the producer's seat was to create a complete record 
where there was a depth and detail to the songs and arrangements where it would be totally and completely complete. And I think I did hit that mark. I'm proud of the record Wes and I made along with our other friends. But I do remember when I went to pick up the EP from the mastering guy, a friend of mine wanted to come along and he hadn't spent much time in, in the studio or experienced much of the record making process. So he was curious about seeing what the difference was between a record before and after it had been mastered. So we went to pick up the EP and we were listening to it in the car. And as we were listening, I noticed he was tapping out some percussion parts and singing some melodies that were not on the record. And my initial reaction was that I had really missed some obvious parts that should have made it on the record. But then I ultimately kind of reframed to realize that this was actually a really powerful way for a fan to experience a record that, you know, I don't need to put every part possible on a record every part that could be imagined. And in reality, that's impossible to come up with and think of every part that could be played. And, you know, it's kind of like, why would you even want to? First, the record would be a mess of parts that competed for attention. And second, it's a really powerful thing when you leave space open for fans to come up with their own ideas and play them along to your record. It was a recent episode of the podcast London Real that actually reminded me of this whole experience and gave me the idea for today's topic. If you don't know about that podcast, make sure you look it up and get subscribed over there after you finish listening to this episode, of course. The host of London Real, Brian Rose, has done an incredible job of making his vision for that show a reality, and it truly has evolved into an extraordinary and impactful work of art over the years. It's a huge source of inspiration for me, and I'm positive it's going to be a huge source of inspiration for you as well. I was on the road back to Nashville after spending some time with some of my great friends up in Columbus, Ohio, and noticed... London Real had photographer Chase Jarvis on as a guest, who is also a really inspiring guy to me. If you don't know about Chase Jarvis, he's an award-winning photographer and also the co-founder of Creative Live. And if you've not heard of Creative Live, there again is something you should you definitely need to to uh, check out once you're done listening to this episode. So. I'll have all this stuff linked up in this episode's blog post, as I said before, but make sure you check this stuff out because these are great resources for supporting you as you create impact out of your artistic vision. But in any case, Chase Jarvis had this to say about what makes a good photograph. The narrative is interesting, and it's not the full loop. There's a little gap in the loop. I'm going to tell most of the story and then you're going to fill in the details. That's how we connect with one another through art. When I heard Chase say this, it gave me chills because that's the exact philosophy I utilize when working in the studio to help an artist make a record. And it again makes reference back to that idea of leaving open loops or J.J. Abrams' mystery box philosophy. All the wonder lies in the unknown If you want to make really compelling art, 
leave a few unknowns or in the context of making a record, I feel like the word incomplete seems to be pretty applicable. Content writing and blogging, another facet of the modern creative professional, or dare I say, the modern recordists of the world, is no different. In fact, it was one day when I was crafting a blog post that I actually came up with this little mantra of leave room for the conversation that also serves as the title of this episode. This is my way of telling myself to stop trying to make every point possible, anticipating all the counterpoints people may or may not make in response to my thoughts, but intentionally leave space for the counter side of the conversation so that my readers and listeners get to chime in with their own thoughts or formulate a two-way conversation with me. I remember my English teachers in high school giving the advice that when writing a research paper, you want to craft a thesis statement that makes a strong argument, something that clearly stands on one side of an opinion. When you're creating, I think the mantra of leave room for the conversation is a great general rule to live by and work by. It promotes a certain interactivity to your work and gets a dialogue going around your ideas or otherwise keeps people contemplating what the meaning of it all is. People get to participate in the creative process and take ownership and contribute to what you make. It's like a collaboration of sorts, which I think is so key to making compelling music and art. Perhaps you want to make a statement by being extremely minimal and indeed only have an understated arrangement of a simple guitar line or an lead vocal. Or perhaps you want to build your arrangement out a little more, yet leave out a possible percussion part so that people can make up their own. Whatever the case may be, I think leaving room for the conversation is a very powerful and necessary aspect of your writing. Because as I said, it's impossible to imagine every melody or part and you will not only drive yourself crazy trying to do that, but also in an ironic way, end up leaving your art incomplete either by overdoing it and confusing your own message or by failing to ever put out the work because you're endlessly adding more to it. So I'm going to just go ahead and wrap up this episode here. When I think about the idea of leaving room for the conversation, it gives me a feeling of wanting to open the grip a little, metaphorically speaking. You know, like, relax. We just have to think of a melody, not every melody. We only need to put a couple of cool parts down, not every cool part. If we say it all, what voice do we give our fans and what opportunity do they get to have to voice their th- thoughts and, and ideas? Where's the negative space in your artistic vision and how can you use it in a powerful way? How can you say more by saying less? What happens when you play a melody so unique that it completely stands on its own? Next time you sit down to write, how will you leave room for the conversation? This has been episode 28 of The Modern Recordist and another edition of the 15-Minute Mixdown. Thank you so much for listening week after week. 
It's been a blast to host the show and a really re- rewarding process on a personal level to know that this podcast is resonating with you and you're getting something out of it. Like I mentioned, I will have all the TED Talks, podcasts, and other resources I talked about linked up on the blog post for this episode over at johnstinson.com slash tmr028. johnstinson.com slash tmr028. Remember, there's no H in John. Go over there and check this stuff out. These are all great resources to support your creative and artistic process. And in the spirit of this episode, go ahead and join in on the conversation with us now. While you're on the blog, scroll down and leave a comment. We would love to start a, con- uh, a conversation with you. And then feel free to poke around my site. There's plenty of previous episodes of The Modern Recordist, as well as some great recording resources I've put together for you. As you're doing that, I want you to think about this. We are entering the final weeks of the year. We here at The Modern Recordist need your support to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. Let's do a big push as 2015 comes to a close and spread the word around the internet about this podcast. And here's three specific ways that you can support this podcast. First, get subscribed and stay subscribed on iTunes. The more subscribers we have, the more clout we have, and therefore we can bring on more guests, guests who have a lot of notoriety and can share insights with you on what it takes to attain huge success as you continue to create music. Second, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Good and honest ratings and reviews help the modern recordist stay relevant on I, on the iTunes charts and therefore get more notoriety and clout, which also help us to continue to bring on great guests that can share their success secrets with you. And third, share this podcast with three friends. Yes, three friends. We want to do a big push at the end of the year to do everything we can to turn as many people as possible onto this show. So if you're getting something out of each episode of this podcast and know a few musician or songwriter friends who would also get something out of this show, make sure you share it with them. We launched the Modern Recordist last June and the back half of 2015 has been an awesome journey and served as an incredible first six months for us. So let's blast into 2016 super hot and continue on the good vibes in the coming year. We want to continue to bring you great guests and great shows, and we want to continue to outdo ourselves and make this show as visionary as possible, bringing you tons of value and ideas around creating music and art. And to do that, we need your support in growing the audience for this show. I'm excited to continue to put out a killer show for you over the next six months of The Modern Recordist and beyond. That's it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create something impactful in the world.